I'm Leah Bowden and this is the Modern Miss Mason podcast. We've made it about the 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 performance rather than the process. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Modern Miss Mason podcast. How are you? As I'm recording, I'm watching the sun come up over the park to begin a beautiful late February day. Frosty beginnings, but with the promise of winter sunshine later on. I'm sure you'd love an update on our Robin Redbreast friends. Well, this week, both the male and the female are busy working on the nest. They're incredibly cute, collecting up all the dead leaves from our garden and flying up to this space they've created between the conifer and the bay tree. Um, I am leaving mealworms for them every morning and becoming obviously concerningly attached to them. So here's hoping the neighborhood cats stay away or they'll experience the wrath of Mama Leah. So we're continuing our journey in growth this season. We're talking about motherhood. And today I want to both encourage and challenge you in the area of memorization as a way of staying intellectually alive. I'm not just talking about the planned poem you've learned for recitation with your children. I'm talking about deep work with words, words that hold meaning for you that you're choosing to hold, memorization for mothers. And memory is powerful, isn't it? I'm both enthralled and appalled when I hear stories of humans in struggle throughout history and in our current day who then turn to their memories of song, verse and scripture to hold them through difficult days. We can choose to remember in order to recite, but that shouldn't be why as adults and children we take time to hang words in our minds and hearts. We remember to delight. Charlotte Mason describes recitation as the children's art. She said the child should speak beautiful thoughts so beautifully with such delicate rendering of each nuance of meaning that he becomes to the listener the interpreter of the author's thought. And this delivery may, of course, aid the memorization. But as Miss Mason also says, recitation and committing to memory are not necessarily the same thing. She says it is well to store a child's memory with a good deal of poetry learnt without labour. And you may want a pedagogy or practice that remembers to recite, and this is some of how we outwork it in our home. But my deepest desire for myself and my children is that we remember for delight. I want us to store up treasure that we all sift through and wear with pride for many years to come. These past few weeks, I've heard wade in the water softly sung from my almost teen son's bedroom. My youngest daughter aptly corrects my kitchen recital of Sonnet 116, and we discuss the proper pronunciation of fixed. My apprentice electrician son sat down at the piano recently, and he was still dusty from a day's work. And he said, Mum, 
what was that song we used to sing during morning time? And he began to hum part of it. And then I remembered and recognized what he was humming. And then he began to play. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Whilst I, of course, wept behind smiles and nods and whispered to myself, I must remember this. In this week's conversation, I'm speaking to returning guest and my friend, Serena McCarthy. Serena has a long background in theatre, direction and acting. She's a writer, editor, pastor, voracious reader. In fact, I love all her recommendations. She recently texted me and said, stop what you're doing, click onto Amazon and order My Name is Ashalev now. <laughs> so I did and I absolutely loved it. We do talk about it actually in our conversation today. And as an adult woman, she has chosen to continue to remember, to memorize and delight in beautiful verse, words and scriptures. There's also a special guest appearance on this episode, my dad. <laughs> I've always known my dad, Paul Sheffield, to the rest of you, as someone who values and takes time in his life to memorize. I had a separate conversation with my dad, but as you'll hear, Serena does know him pretty well. I've interspersed his comments and current areas of growth, learning and memorization with my conversation with Serena. So it has a slightly different feel to normal, but I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, and listen in to the very end where I share an early memory of his from junior school in Leeds in Yorkshire. And uh, yeah, let me know if it reminds you of anything listening um for me it started very very young uh i did an an awful lot of performing growing up um as a child uh in theater community theater professional stuff um even before i could read so obviously for those things i was memorizing for the point of reciting which is a, a thing but what i came to love was the i was the the joy of actually knowing something off by heart and knowing that you could tell a story or a poem or a song and you didn't have to like, I mean, it was before Google was invented. You didn't have to have the piece of paper. You didn't have to read it. And so then you could just delight in the language. So as even as a young child, like seven ish, I could read at that point. And um, but it, it really did transform for me from a thing that I did because I needed to, to something that I really, really enjoyed doing. And um, since probably my early 20s, I've had a rhythm of memorizing things. And just because I'm like, I want to know that off by heart so that when the time is right, it's there in my head. I've got it at my fingertips rather than uh, I need to go away and research that and look who the author was. And so I've had, uh, I, I choose a, a, usually something quite short, a sonnet or a prayer or a Bible verse or a couple of Bible verses. And uh, I memorize them on a sort of monthly basis. This is my January memorizing. So there we go. Does I that love that. Sense? Yeah, I love that. So, uh, and many people might re could relate to that because um 
I guess school days, especially I'm thinking here, I can only speak from the UK school system, but there used to be a lot more poetry memorising, didn't they? So there, there was, you can find some beautiful old books. In fact, I was, I've picked one up recently that was recommended to me uh, by my, my dad, actually, which is called Verse Worth Remembering, selected by Stanley Maxwell. And it's this beautiful old book. I think it was 1940s, but they used to have them in schools and children would go through them and, and memorise and I guess recite them in assemblies. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if you know, Serena, if children are required to do that anymore. They're required to know them for the exam, aren't they? Uh, for GCSE English in the UK anyway but there's not that verbal joy of reciting right and um, we test everything so if they we test too many things we do uh, but if they memorize poetry it would be for a test and you can't and that's not what we're looking for at all we don't want uh, our goal is not videos of three through our children saying psalms are the the joy of memorizing with children is that it it promotes a connection so yeah. i have a toddler in my life she's not my uh she's my great niece actually and i have her with me for the weekends every so often and um it's great i love her absolutely fantastic little girl and we have this little poem that we've memorized and uh the poem is i love you today i love you tomorrow i love you as deep as the sea I love you in joy and I love you in sorrow. You can always come home to me. That's the poem. Oh. And uh, the way she's got it, the whole thing memorized now. And I think we probably have said it out loud 15, 15 to 100 times every time that I see her. And it, there's just this moment. And how, how we memorized it was it's part of a song. And uh, I would say the first line and she would say that today and tomorrow and just her satisfaction of knowing those words but also that it's something that she and I do together when I'm when we're with her when I'm with her I love that so much I love that you're doing that just as part of your relationship growing in your relationship together and something that's really fun um yeah and, and many children of that age if they are read aloud to a lot of the kind of picture books are rhyming aren't they so they kind right. of I remember when my children were all younger one of the their favorite books which each peach pear plum what that was yes that. that was one of them but the other one was called Peepo and they I think both of those books uh are by Janet and Al Alan Alberg, Alberg who, yeah hmm, they're brilliant books I love them home. but yeah, each peach pear plum. That's right. That was an and I had Tom Thumb. That's right. I've got it memorized. And, <clears throat> and the peepo one is, you know, here's a little baby, one, two, three. And every other page kind of says that. Um, you know, standing in his cot, what does he see? Peepo. And then you kind of look through the page. Does it say oh, like that? Peepo. They do, they sing it. And I memorized the whole book. And I remember um my eldest daughter, who's now 18 but I remember trying to get her to sleep, but gently kind of, she was in the dark with the door almost closed. And I was stood by the door reciting this book <laughs> in the dark because it was a thing that got her to sleep. I didn't want to sit there with a the light on. It's so funny. And I'm sure so many parents are listening and going, yes, that, you know, one, we love those books, but also that's what we've done. And that's why, 
you know, over centuries and just a tradition within within family or even I'm sure we could go even go back to, to tribal rhythms. You sing songs, you recite things, you yeah. all have this kind of it's almost it's not just individual, but memorization is communal. And that's where you get folk songs, don't you? Is the absolutely. songs of the people. Absolutely. And it promotes participation as well. So even if a child, um, you're in a community gathering and a child knows the words of a song that you're singing or or knows the rhythm of, of what goes on, they, they go from, even at a young age, before they're reading, they can go from observers to participators. And that's what we want for our children, isn't it? For them to be a full participant in our community. That's right. Absolutely. And we don't, you know, we don't live the same way as maybe in the times when folk songs were written or tribal songs were written or spirituals were written. But we, you know, we didn't, I love playing those kind of songs to my children, you know, helping them understand the background and the stories behind them and that they are the songs, the people that they were, they were memorized and sung together and recited together for for the heart not for academia not to test someone not to check how clever they were but because this is what joined them together and you know I love hearing those stories of um people remembering their grandma singing them and, and they sing them and there's just this generational thing isn't there about song poetry tales I mean you could even you know if you think of stuff like liturgy uh, which is not which has not really been part of my faith tradition but the I do love it and appreciate it and you see this repetitive nature of saying something together but actually cr it creates meaning I, what's yeah. your experience with stuff like that oh uh, yeah I grew up in an Anglican tradition and I can still like Glory to, God in the, glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Lamb of God, almighty God and Father. And it goes on. It's And like there are multiple parts of it. And those words um, have formed part of my faith and, and my belief. And there's this sense of formation by repetition. Like we, we are what we do on a regular basis. And so, right. and that's not just like, we use that in like training from marathons or, or, you know, but also in, in our spiritual lives and in our um, uh, educational lives as well, we are what we, we do. And those words, like, because um, Lorelai is my, my great niece is not with me all the time. The, the fact that the poem says, I, you can always come home to me is a, uh, is, is going to form her character and her understanding that, Okay, my, she calls me super because they're well, they're the whole thing. You are super because <laughs> I am. But you can always come home. Like super's house is a safe place for me. That is forming her character. That is forming the little person that she is and the way that she sees the world. And that is amazing privilege. But also, you can't teach that to a child. They have to. They have to experience that by by the formation of it. So if your child is hearing you recite things that have have that are hidden in your heart those liturgies those stories um and they will they will connect into that and then become a participant in it and they will pass be passed on and be formed by that wow that's, so it that's incredible 
generation to generation. Like, I love that your dad gave you a book on memorizing poems. I can just imagine it as well. I can just imagine Paul with his little book. Uh, yeah, well, he he actually recommended it and I found it secondhand, but he, we both have the same uh, book now, which is so lovely, isn't it? That is really <laughs> lovely. But recently, um, I've um, I went back to the times tables for starters, so I memorised timetables right the way up to the fifteenth times. Oh, very good. And um, <clears throat> I've been um, uh, working on things like uh, well, I've gone I've gone back to a lot of um, electrical principles just to refresh myself. So I'm mem- I've memorised some of the laws and things again. And I've memorised um, the, uh, I'm working on memorising the kings and queens of England. So at the moment I've got as far back as uh, end of the 14th century. And uh, memorising uh, all the counties of England, you know, and the geographical positions around the uh, around the country okay. and uh, hymns I've been memorizing hymns and it, and as far as poetry is concerned part, uh, in part and parcel of the same thing I've memorized William Blake's hymn uh, well it, he didn't write it as a hymn he wrote it as a poem Jerusalem things uh and anything that we can do at this point to create that connection between a generation is incredibly valued valuable to everybody and uh, in our you know our environment but also incredibly valuable to your children the gift that you are giving them by connecting with them through this idea of repetition and formation is um just phenomenal so there's almost uh there's a memorization through repetition and almost impartation isn't there where there's one form of of memorization that happens if you are in a particular pattern of life or faith tradition or if your family just is said i think about jewish communities and the sabbath and the meals and the and the um the festivals and the and the the special days where certain things are said and that uh we've both recently read um asha the asha lev book the first one my name is asha lev my name is asha lev and i and i I just, you know, you hear him all the time. Every night, his mother would say, "Have you said?" I can't remember the name of the prayer, the but it, yeah, yeah, he he would, you know, that repetition. He would just say it without, and, and it was part of his life. And so many faith traditions have that in, you know, have that in the rhythm of their days, nights, lives, years. Um, where do you think we've gone wrong with with memorization? I guess we could talk about children initially and the education system because it, there's a there's somewhat a, a kind of a uh, I don't know the, the the image of it or that if you talk about recitation there's often this image of I had to memorize 
uh, all the states, all the times tables, all, all the, the states, times tables, states capitals, yeah. all the books of the Bible, or whatever, and you had to stand at the front and say them. What does what do you think that does to a child? Well, I think it fosters um, competition, mm. which is an isolating factor. Um, isn't it? As soon as yes. someone is going to be better, somebody else is isolated from that. Um, and it's take it's so I, there's a verse in uh, the Psalms that says, I will hide your words in my heart. Now, I don't know very much about hiding. I'm not very good at it, but I do know that it's not standing <laughs> in front of people, right? And saying something, having yeah. something hidden in your heart is the opposite of recitation, isn't it? And I think yeah. we've also commodified memorization. So there's, you know, spelling bees and uh, ge geography bees. Yeah, geography. And, and um, we've made it about the 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 performance rather than the process oh so good that's really good I feel like Charlotte Mason just smiled on me <laughs> I think a lot of people are smiling on you just say that again that's so helpful for us so we've made it we've taken it away we've made it about the performance and not the process so hiding the words in your heart has absolutely nothing to do with that's you know filming your children and you know hammering hammering it into them so you've got a product um and rather than the process of learning this together which uh, i don't know i'm just all about that really yeah um, yeah yeah actually, be it, having it memorized is not the goal the the goal is that connection with your child the connection the connection with the community that share that that belief or that picture and the connection and the process of memorizing it together um if a kid doesn't learn it at the end doesn't have it completely memorized without you know without any mistakes after 20 minutes then well that's not the goal the goal is this process of hiding it together in their hearts because i i, I think memory is a funny thing like i was with somebody today and they said something and it sparked a memory of something I rem I did when I was 17. Mm. And, like I probably haven't thought about this experience for 20 years, but it was hidden in me somewhere and it came to life. And I, I started quoting from something that I memorized when I was 17 as a result of that. Wow. And so that it, so that's an interesting thing, isn't it? So something might be hidden in your heart and when you need it, it will come to your mind. So um, one of the poems that I recommend for older children to memorize is If by Rudyard Kipling. And yes. if you, you know, if you can keep your head when all about you're losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself and all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. Now you could chat for hours with a teenager who has, yeah, I mean, I can just imagine it with some of the teenagers that I, I know. Like they've lost their minds <laughs> over a situation. Like, I don't know, they've lost, you know, but, and if you can talk about what it means, what it looks like to keep your head and it's given yeah. context, like to say it, like, I don't know. I love that. And if you can dream and not make dreams your master, like that's so relevant today, isn't it? Like we, it is. 
and I, we were, um, the children and I were listening, we've been reading some Ella Wheeler Wilcox poetry this week. And oh, the, the first line that stood out to Sienna that she ended up illustrating, because that's kind of part of what we do for poetry, it was um, uh, let, um, something like let your, make sure your life is, is, is better than your work. So she, this whole poem is, put more investment into your life than you do into your uh, the picture that you're painting and she her the whole poem is a reflection on artists who have beautiful work but crazy lives that I, and they're just destroying themselves but this this just simple line of and the discussion that came after that but yeah the Rudyard Kipling poem and just thinking about um dreams and and winnings and crowds and so relevant today yeah so relevant so relevant yeah yeah I love that so much so okay you know and, and this kind of brilliant point about rote memorization you know f- not saying it's it shouldn't happen it's not really something I warm to or that I do with my children but we did uh, learn a song together which helped them um learn the books of the bible because when you're reading it and and you're flicking through and you're like where's ephesians you sing the song in your head <laughs> you find it do um, you sing it in your head though leah i you do sing i sing head. genesis exodus Leviticus. <laughs> yeah yeah i've got it in my head and i remember as a child um you know memorizing philippians for um 428 and i i'm trying to remember which <laughs> Uh, and Galatians 5 uh, Galatians 2.20 is the one that lots of people remember memorising which was that? it is no longer uh, it's no longer I I've been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me the, the life I live in the body I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me so I that's not that in 2000 and it's there that's in 2000 you did that yeah uh, no Galatians 522 the fruit of the spirit is love oh, the fruit of the spirit, yeah yeah that's so and just just various little ones my mom would teach us songs to go with them it wasn't and it was just they they're still there they know I mean song is so powerful isn't it that's why children yeah. often learn things by song um and that's why you get you know teenagers who can remember every word to a particular song that they love but they just totally flunk on an exam that they've been learning about for two years because it doesn't mean anything to them it hasn't reached deep down into them so this process then of um it sometimes begins with necessity like for you you were learning lines for theater but then it did something in you that you've kind of continued this desire for memorizing and then as an adult woman you now choose to commit things to memory um so so let's now jump into kind of this this adult life um we are wanting this year to, to grow and develop mind body and spirit why would we invest our time now in memorizing a poem or a, a sonnet or a scripture because it there's so much research around I mean from a very purely practical view there's so much research about memory uh, and um, the more things that you memorize the more you keep your brain active learning a new skill the relationship between putting off dementia so that's from a purely practical point of view yeah 
protecting your brain, keeping your brain healthy, especially as people are living longer. We want to live longer with a healthy brain. That's yeah. like purely practical. And there is, uh, and that is honestly part of it for me. Uh, there is a history of Alzheimer's in my family. And uh, so the, uh, not from a place of fear, but from a place of practical, practical desire to be a good steward of what I have. Yeah, I want to yeah. protect my brain. Some of the things I have been learning is that is that uh, the um, as the as the brain gets older, it, it's important that it's making new neural pathways all the time. And when you're learning new things, that's what your brain is doing. And uh, it, it's the it's the inactivity that causes that, that is a a contributor anyway to deterioration and memorization isn't as easy for me now as it used to be. I, I, I realise that because I've got to, um, I, I have to work that little bit harder at it. And um, if I don't refresh more frequently, it, it does become vaguer more quickly. So, I mean, that's just a fact you, you've got to, you've got to be aware of, but you've got to work with it, you know, and, and, um, and, and uh, so, you know, you know, Thinking memorization is for children or people at, uh, is for people and um, for people at school is just dangerous, really. But also, um, we are just big children, really, aren't we? Yeah. And when we hide, when we delight in language, it hides itself in our hearts. Mm. Now I do have um, a practice when I'm memorizing, I write things out like uh, if it's line by line on note cards and I do like stick them around my house so I can see them. I'm really visual. I always memorize out loud as well because yeah. then you're not only you're seeing it, you're saying it, but you're, you're engaging three senses. And uh, there have been times when I've like done it in the style of like, say, let it, say it in, the, in a Norfolk accent, or I can't do a Norfolk accent at all. So apologies <laughs> to anyone who's listening in Norfolk. The difference. Uh, let her snot to, I can't do it at all. But that's not to the matter. I've done it in like a rock band style or sing it in opera, just to keep your whole body engaged. In, in the memorizing so from that's kind of there's a very purely practical reason why but also um from a it's good for my soul and for my spirit to be aware of that the words live not on the page so um there was that uh, may god bless you do you remember this that blessing may god bless you with um foolishness and anger at things and things that, and I memorized that and I've I, it's gone right now but I remember just um it was right around the time when all the the stuff was going on um with uh when we were first finding out about the Calais refugee camps mm. and, um like enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference and I just having those words in my heart were really encouraging to me and, and encouraged me to get involved in that situation actually um because 
I needed to be, my spirit needed to be convinced that my 50 pounds a month was foolish enough to make a difference, right? Right. And so when you hide something, when you memorize it, when you hide it in your brain, it alters your belief about yourself. And so as I hid those words, I was blessed by them and then responded like, because it's so easy to give up. Um, and so, I mean, there's so much that we can care deeply about in our society. And so to remind our spirits that of who we are and what we, and that what we do makes a difference is incredibly powerful. And then you never know when you're going to need that again. Right. Like right. I said, you know, um, you know, I don't know what the future holds for any of us at this point, but I do know that um, I've, I'm foolish enough to believe I can make a difference. I love that. And, and you I've, do, you do hear these. Sorry, I've convinced myself of it by memorizing those words. It's, it's so powerful because, and you also, I mean, I've, I've written about this in articles before, but this, you hear stories of people like Corrie Ten Boom, who was, Yes, the darkest moment she's kind of her and her sister reciting scripture that they've memorized over and over again because those things and you we hear so many stories like that where you get soldiers singing hymns and reciting rhymes and and, and poetry that their mothers had taught them that they've sung to as a child and it is important it's not it might not feel practical it might not feel essential but actually right. for this connection this body mind soul connection i i one of my favorite images of, of, from charlotte mason's writing is that she describes in the book ourselves this mind gallery so as children oh, or as adults image. it's so good serena and, and and she describes that as we own things for ourselves so whether it's something we've seen something we've read a character in a story we've connected with you know through narration but even these this idea of remembering and memorizing and choosing to own something we mm. store it in this mind gallery so I was just thinking about it then when you said I've, memor I've memorized it I, I haven't got it right now but you almost have to go to the right gallery and the right room, don't you? Yeah. Just give me a minute, I'll find it. I know it's there. And then you, then it all comes back to you. And yeah. um, because they're hung beautifully and they're there for purpose. Um, it goes back to what we were saying just earlier about this formation by repetition. Yes. Uh, doesn't it? Like, um, it goes back, that gallery perhaps is somewhere you know that mind gallery is somewhere that you've got maybe you start off with one picture right <laughs> like you know you but that that's one picture <laughs> and then you add a second one and and you and you uh it's like when you when you're reading a book a story I love I love how um in uh Asha Lev he when he meets the artist and then he's they're like I want you to look at this picture for hours yeah and study it and know until you can't forget it that's what yeah. he says to him study it until you will never be able to forget it's Guernica isn't it they're talking about Picasso and, and is that the one he begins to draw over and over again he does that with yeah, him. yeah 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 and uh, look at this one until you, and he that's what the the older artist says to him and um I was thinking about that so we were read we're reading marion uh rilke at the moment aren't we yes and like what are those things that you must write 
like yeah. what is the story that you must tell that is going to be informed by the gallery that you have in your mind right true. yeah yeah let me read that that says this is from uh Raina Maria Rilke letters to, a young, to poet. a young poet yeah this this before all ask yourself in the quietest hour of your night must I write dig down into yourself for a deep answer and if this should be in the affirmative if you may meet this solemn question with a strong and simple I must then build your life according to this necessity your life must right to its most unimportant and insignificant hour become a token and a witness of this impulse so good so brilliant excellent that wasn't from memory that the book happened that's okay the book happened to be right next to me but I would like to remember that it's so great okay so let's let's get a bit practical then Serena we know it's you know it's helpful for people of all ages I think as we are getting into our I mean not everybody listening will be midlife some may be a lot younger some may be older um but I would encourage some form of um simple memorization for everybody really at any time and I think it's just great so let's just get a bit practical because people thinking how do I do that you know what part of my day do I put that in you obviously said you stick stuff on walls there's different ways to do it um I, I've got a few ideas of how I do things but how could you practically put this in place if you've never done it before for yourself okay the first thing I would do is take away any pressure to get it to the point where you can recite it in front of other people yeah. let's take that away as the goal you know the goal is the process so uh i would pick with some start with something that you really love as, as like you know uh shall i compare thee to a love, summer's day or a shakespeare sonnet that you absolutely love because the the, the delight in it would um would is is a huge part of wanting to memorize it i remember having to memorize um what's that oh, the words worth i wondered you know the definitely as a cloud and i just didn't ever love it like i i've been to the lake district now i do love the lake district and i do love daffodils and the and all that stuff but at the time i just didn't love it and it was, so it was really hard to memorize yeah yeah so it's always something that you love take the pressure off you that the goal is to to recite the goal is to memorize right and just like you're like uh charlotte mason says it shouldn't be a labor that's true for you too so if you memorize one line a day of a shakespeare sonnet that's 10 syllable syllables if you memorize one line a day by the end of the year you will have over 20 sonnets memorized wow so we put we're like i've got to memorize this whole sonnet today no you really don't <clears throat> pick, pick one that you love and just memorize 10 syllables a day and um the first 10 are quite easy and so one way to do it is um so the syllable the um sonnets are 14 lines long so if you do one line a day monday to friday for three weeks you would have a, an entire sonnet memorized wow and then, so on the weekend, just work on consolidating what you've learned during the week. So Monday, line one, Tuesday, line two of the first week and so on. And then that weekend, don't add anything in new. Or you might even want to just do a line a week. 
you know starting really simply I think I often do that with my children is we're going to work on this poem we're going to take it a line a week and it really gets into you if you do it that slowly as well Yeah. yeah and so start with something that you love take the pressure off you to get it you never need to recite it to anyone you never need like that is not the goal you might find that you'll want to because you're like oh look at what i've memorized uh, if you're a little you know but you might you that is not the goal hide the words in your heart let them form you by their repetition you know love like that that line later on in that poem that says love knows not hours and weeks but bears it out until the edge of doom now if i could explain to you how important that line has been to me over the last few months you would you would be weeping oh no you probably wouldn't but (laughs) (laughs) you you probably would because you cry quite easily I do I do definitely about in our conversations and about poetry one thing that I do is I a couple of things I I write it out yes then I also record it on my voice messenger thing not voice messenger my voice um application on my iPhone so I'll just record myself reading it so that if I'm in the car and I'm just popping it's like a couple of minutes down the road I just listen to it and I will say it over the top of it oh that's excellent yeah so I, 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 I get a bit critical of my performance if I do that but if it works for you <laughs> that's the that's the performing artist in me coming out but if that works yeah. for you have at it <laughs> so Sienna and I were having an interesting discussion I mean we haven't gone into the depths of um how to uh, you know the the Shakespearean performance and how to pronounce words we haven't gone into it we're just reading what we see on the page but because we're re- we're we're memorizing sonnet 116 and um uh, you know the part where it says oh no it is an ever fixed mark um, yeah. I was saying fixed and she kept saying it's not fixed it's fixed and we had this <laughs> It's great. She's right. Sienna Rain is right. He is right because then we listened to, and I and I I said, yeah, you're probably right. Um, we listened to Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, uh, recite it, and and she was exactly right. So that's always fun. And it, and also, I love that. I love that. Oh no. Oh no. It is that's so. Oh, that's a really fun bit to memorize. Oh it no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that looks on tempest and is not shaking because if you say fixed then it's not the uh, same, it's not 10 it? syllables that's right it's not the uh iambic pentameter doesn't work so i the other thing i've discovered recently my literary agent introduced me to these is shower notes i don't know if you've seen them serena i will link to all these things they're not cheap it was a little bit of a christmas extravagance but i wanted to try them and it's basically paper and pencil that you can use it. You can write on in the shower while you're in the shower. Have you ever? That's so funny because I was just talking to someone the other day about how I'm learning to obey the ideas I get in the shower. Well, like they're my, they are my best ideas. I need to get you some of these then. So what I what I've started. I would like to that. Do, yeah, what I've started to do is write out what I'm memorizing whilst I'm in the shower because there's no that's why you get your best ideas nobody's bothering you you're fresh you know whatever time of day it is so I will do things like that but any way that I can actually because I'm not going to stand and recite it to somebody I'm doing this for me so I will various ways I, I just thought as well another lovely thing that people could 
memorize is uh, many of our listeners uh, probably keep what's known as a commonplace book, which is obviously, um, it, I mean, it's a very, very ancient tradition of collecting quotes and things like yeah. this, you? but the, the monastic kind of tradition, they, uh, they called yeah, it a, illustrating. Yeah, well, they called it a florilegium, which which Latin is the um, li- literally collecting flowers. So how lovely is that? Like your quote book, your your commonplace is this collection of of beautiful things, like as if you were collecting flowers. And they're often just excerpts from from books. Um, and you could memorize something from there as well. Yeah, that totally. Means, yeah, um, just yeah. a quote from a book. So this is a little. I mean, into into my life, there's a quote from uh, Letters to a Young Poet, which I only read for the first time a few weeks ago. But um, in two, oh gosh, pro- a long time ago, I heard a quote from the book and wrote it in my book and memorized it. And the quote is, uh, it's good to be alone because being alone is not easy. The fact that something is difficult is one more reason to do it. And um, I have come back to that so many times when I'm making decisions or thinking about my life. It's like, okay, the fact that this is going to be difficult, making this choice is going to be difficult. Okay. The fact that it's difficult is one more reason to do it. (laughs) Right. So uh, it's, and so when I finally got to the, that page in the book uh, that I own, that I memorized this quote from, I was so excited. And not only that, but there's a whole page, like, well, no, not a whole page, but a couple of sentences in a paragraph right before it that talk about um, write, the fact that when you're a writer, you have to make, having a, being a writer is having a difficult life, like it's your <laughs> choice. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been living in the truth of this book before <laughs> I read it. And that, um, and so that's just, it's just a delight because those words were hidden they'd formed me and then this author who I really respect is saying it back to me and magnifying it it's just like that was a nice moment Well, that's all we've got time for this week. If you loved it, why don't you go over to the podcast app, click on those five stars and maybe leave a couple of sentences to say what you've enjoyed listening to so far. Um, It's not just for me. I do love listening to them and reading them, but it's to help other people find the podcast. So if you can help me out that way, that would be amazing. Guys, did you hear that I'm writing you a book? Yes, Modern Miss Mason, the book will be coming to you in 2022. I signed with Tyndale Publishing back in December and I'm so privileged to be doing this. Um, I know it's a long time to wait, but we can do the journey together. If it's too long for you to wait, why don't you come over to Instagram or Facebook and hang out with me there? Or you can join me on the Charlotte Mason Unbox course where I will walk you through implementing the Charlotte Mason philosophy in your home with complete freedom or if you'd prefer a cup of tea and a one-on-one conversation I do have a coaching service so you can book a coaching call with me and um, I'd love to do that I'd love to see more of you and hear from you the details of these connections and services are in the notes in the podcast or you can click on the link in my Instagram account or head over to modernmissmason.com I'll see you next week
junior school, obviously we had a an assembly every morning where we had the daily reading and the, and the hymns were, were sung. And, and, uh, but we, um, we lined up outside and we marched up in class, or, marched in class order into the main hall at Richard Shaw Lane. <clears throat> and there was always a composer of the week who a piece of his music would be playing. Uh, and there was always an artist of the week, so there'd be, you know, there'd be um, paintings on the wall. Now, I, don't, I remember some of the painting, I remember the artist's name, but there was, uh, I remember the, the music more than anything else. And we, we didn't particularly at that time, uh, we weren't sit down, our music lessons really comprised singing, but I mean, we didn't, um, uh, we weren't, specifically taught the composer's names or the names of the pieces of music but I remember them to this day. Yeah.